0: I am one of the co founders and chief operating officer for the Stafford Boxing Club Incorporated, our nonprofit organization, which is a yearly mentoring program for at risk youth in the community.
1: So we will be able to teach financial literacy, communication, discipline, decision making, as well as campaigning for a premium education.
0: These are the foundation for the Stafford Boxing Club. These 20 mentees in our program here at Panola Way Elementary School. 20 years from now, Stafford Boxing mentees will be known across the world.
1: Can we talk for a minute? Girl, I wanna know your name. Damn, baby, you got skills like that. I do. Oh man. So what's going on, everybody? What is going on, everybody?
0: Yes, Lord, we back in the seats, no talking bot, man. For real, for For real. Real.
1: Everybody, let's do the introduction. I'm Lady Stafford, the host of the Stafford Show. Everybody already knows who this good-looking, fine gentleman is oh, he's mine
0: hey man I'm big Stafford man you know what I'm saying the co-host of the Stafford show presented by talking fight
1: facts and, facts and
0: to be clear talking fight is in Canada so the Stafford show is worldwide we global you know global, what I'm saying
1: worldwide for All real around the world
0: and yeah and that's no captain Crunch.
1: Okay, huh. now it's Captain Crunch. Yeah. It's no longer Cappuccino. Nah, 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 nah. It's no nah, longer nah, Cappuccino. Nah, nah. Oh, wait, it's wait, Captain wait. Crunch. Nah, nah.
0: Sometimes we do Cappuccino and then sometimes we do Captain Crunch. Okay.
1: Well, yeah. It's no problem with me. So check this out, everybody. We have a special, special guest today.
0: For real. And
1: we've known him for a while. I remember the first time when we, um, when we actually saw Dr. Dewan Robinson. He is, let's just say he's a community activist, but let's just say he is an activist, but there's so much more to Dr. Dewan Robinson. So everybody, please give a standing round of ovation. (laughs) Introducing Dr. Dewan Robinson. Hey,
2: Hey, what's going on, my boy? Good afternoon, and thank y'all for having me. I'm like your wife, man. I was like, what happened to the no cappuccino? <laughs> <laughs> is your favorite word, no cappuccino.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The one. Excuse me. My bad. My bad. I came out the house with my glass slippers on. So let me go ahead and put my gaiters on. My bad. My bad. And
1: they cracked big time. For
0: real, bro. This ain't no Cinderella either. But anyway, man, Dr. The Robinson, man, we are so. Grateful and honored to have you bless the staffish show. Um, you know, Sheila and I, you know, we've been knowing you ever since we got married. That was close to what 15 years ago. Yeah. So, because when we moved over to uh, it was it the hills of stone? No, the hills of uh, I don't know, I don't even know. Yeah, but anyway, it was somewhere, yeah. So, yeah, anyway. we met in 2009,
2: we met in 2009,
0: 2009. Yeah,
1: so, that was like a year after oh yeah it was yeah, here yeah,
0: because
2: yeah. of um
0: it was yes. it was bro it was
2: i met y'all at the um the auburn avenue library down
0: downtown yeah
2: nine.
0: yeah with uh my boy uh darryl mm-hmm. moore shout out to Daryl moore yeah. you know what i'm saying if you see the one you're gonna see Daryl them boys <laughs> are just you know what i'm saying peanut butter and jelly no Bless cappuccino Bless yeah for name. real yes. but man you know before we move forward in the show man i just want to you know share you know give someone their flowers and that's uh daryl moore when i first met this brother man he had the dreads uh he was in the process and i don't mean this in a disrespectful way but he was just trying to find himself during that moment you feel what i'm saying absolutely and i remember you and him were having very uh, significant conversation with uh, Kasim Reed at the time who was running for mayor for the city of Atlanta. And you guys were able to come to an understanding. And I believe you were running for something or I can't remember what it was, but you, it it was like, at first y'all was bumping heads, but then y'all end up, you know, just
2: coming together. I was on the mayor platform with them. I was running, but I wasn't running, I was running to get next to him i was told at the time that hey man this guy in third place it don't look like he gonna win but he's gonna win an old civil rights guy um told me to get next to him so i already knew that i was gonna withdraw my name when it was time to qualify so during the debates i knew that his name would Reed and i was robinson i would be able to sit next to him and to, and to talk to him kind of like off the record you know what i'm saying let him know like hey man um i've been told to help you out you know what i'm saying you're gonna need all the street help you can get um i don't want no money but when you win um when i need you i'm gonna call you that's those were the conversations every debate we had those were the conversations so enough every uh every chance i get i'm every chance that i got i was able to jab him since y'all got the boss, and i was able to jab him because i was anticipating him throwing a counter punch so even though my jab probably got under his skin it allowed him to throw a counter punch to make him look good so so that's what I was doing to him
0: yeah and and man I must say like uh because of that relationship and because of that movement that you had in place to execute what you did you opened the door for Darryl and I mean yeah so Darryl being at Atlanta City Hall for a minute now he ended up getting his master's degree the boy then got married so man i wanted to give you know his flowers because man i've been following him man and you know it's like when we all get together we just just blend you know it's just like hey what's up brett like so i'm just so happy to see Daryl go to that next level and be a pillar in the community because we definitely need those type of people in those type of places particularly in atlanta
2: Hey man, you're right, man. He has come a long way from 2009, man. He has come a long way. When I got on, when I went to Kasim, um and Kasim held his word, um, when I told him that I was, you know, tired of having one foot in, one foot out, he gave me a job in 2013. And Dara uh, immediately I brought Daryl in. And Dara been with the city, you know what I'm saying, for 10 years now.
0: For real, for real. But listen, man, if you would be so kind, and just give people a background and a proper introduction about Dr. DeWan Robinson, his upbringing, where he's from, and how he had an opportunity to, you know, connect with the Staffords.
2: Man, I'm born and raised, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I'm a Grady baby. I'm born in Grady Hospital. Um, I grew up in Bowen Homes Project on Bankhead. Um, my grandparents raised me, my mother, she, she wanted to um, be in them streets and hang out and uh, hang with guys that were selling drugs. And my grandmother and grandfather um, knew that wasn't the lifestyle they wanted um, for me. And you know, she was um, 21 when she had me, had never hung out, never partied. And it was like some click done when she had the baby, she just wanted to be free. And my grandparents were like, you can be free, but he gonna stay with us. And man the upbringing was just the foundation man um uh, when i turned about six years old my grandmother would make me come in the house every day to watch will of fortune and jeopardy that was my routine man you know and you know you i mean you're in the projects your friends laughing at you because you got to go in the house early but man there was just rules and and they were educational. they was born in 1914 man so they was all about education and god so I would have to read the Bible, repeat it to my grandmother, because she pretended that she couldn't read. So she would have me read the Bible verse and be like, read it again. And I'm like, Grandma, come on, man. I'm, I'm tired of reading the same old verse. And she was there, man, preparing me. And I didn't know it, man. I was only six. By the time I turned seven, man, if I knew that there was a place, a person or a thing on that Wheel of Fortune board, man, I was solving puzzles with just two, three letters on the thing. I was solving them. So she was creating that in me, man. I didn't know it. And then um, when I turned um, eight, man, they got me and was like, hey, we're going to give away all your old clothes and your favorite pair of shoes you like. We're going to give them away because we can afford to buy you more. But the next person, they're going to love your favorite pair of shoes. They're going to love the clothes that we bought you. So they instilled that in me, man, since I was eight, man. Like I had to give back every year my favorite stuff, I had to pack it up and give it away. You know I'm saying I knew I was getting something else, but it just became who I it just became who I am, man. And I know I'm saying every year I still do it. Now I do it twice a year. Um every time the season change when it's time for me to pack up my winter and summer, I give it away, man. I get joy out of that. And then when the opportunity came, man, um uh, for me to get my doctorate humanitarian, man, it was easy because it's who I am. It has it just amazing how God lined things up, man. It is who I am and part of that journey was like you said when i met you guys in 09 i was coming out of a um, another door guard has closed on me for being a sports agent or he was bringing me into the political realm and when i met this guy um that was dead last in the race had no shot in winning in the eyes of the voters and the and the money people that was donating money he didn't have a shot to win and i obeyed the spirit And the older guy say, "Trust me, he's gonna win." And you know, being from the projects and that's my upbringing, I'm always gonna root for the underdog. I don't look, I'm not an opportunist. I don't look for things for money. I work for him for free, not knowing that I was gonna ever call him back for a job. I just did him. Just like, hey man, if I ever need you, man, just don't just keep your word. You know what I'm saying? I never knew because I always thought that I would just, you know, I'm saying, be this way, man. But God. Um, brought me to him and the man uh, asked me, man, um, where you want to go? I'll send you anywhere you want to go. And I didn't know. And he was just like, well, since you like helping people, I'ma send you to the workforce development, man. I'ma put you in charge and giving people jobs. And he put like $5 million in this pot where, um, if we get people a job, cause I was explaining to him how, um, um, you're taking people from the streets and you give them a job. And when they see that first paycheck, they gotta pay bills. You know what I'm saying? I was like, it can discourage some of them because they're coming from a different place in the world. So he put five million dollars of the city budget in this pot where if we got you a job at the workforce, we'll pay your um your rent, your bills, your mortgage, whatever it was, we will pay that. That you know what I'm saying that first month you work. So your whole month paycheck is free. You can save that, you can spend however you want to. But your bills and your rent will be paid that first month, um, if you got a job through us. So, so can y'all? So can y'all imagine me being from the real inner city? When people found out that I had that program going, I was in charge. Man, they was lining up trying to get mama a job, auntie, grandmama, and man, I didn't miss a day of work for three years. I wasn't late because I had done figured out that my coworkers wasn't going to work as hard as I did because mm-hmm. i came from that um environment so i cared about those people and they was just there because somebody helped me got a job but it gave me fulfillment and i knew that um i was late one day this is why i wasn't late i was late one day lying wrapped around the corner around where my office was because they was pretending that you know so they were busy but they didn't want to help the people because it was so much there was so many documents you had to have you know to get um, you know, um, city. You know what I'm saying? Cause the money was coming from the feds, and a lot of people probably didn't have the ID, of the um or, or a lease or something. You know, and I would, I would put it in and be like, "Hey, man, bring it back now. you know bring it back for the money, or we ain't gonna pay." It's the way you talk to people, and they would just, "Oh, you ain't got this." It could be five documents that they requested. If you didn't have one, they would turn the people away. I'm like, "Hey, man, you can't do these people like that." They missing one document. You put them in the system and you trust them to bring it back. Like, you know what I'm saying? They got to work on the trust because they're not used to trusting the police and the government because, you know what I'm saying? They ain't showed us why we should trust them. And they got one of their own in here. Hey, man, these folks getting up early coming down here. Y'all don't turn nobody away. So I had to get gangster with everybody down there. I'm like, man, y'all don't turn nobody away to come down here. And then, man, it just spreaded throughout the city, man. And it was just like, man it was it was just life man it gave me life knowing that i'm getting up every day to help somebody it just gave me life man so everything that god had brought my way man it just been what my grandmother and grandfather and mother prepared me for and it just became who i am um by god because i never had to remember my grandmother's teaching my mother teaching my grandfather It just who i am what they gave me i knew what was right and what was wrong and how to live this life it was about respect there's different things it it just became who i am man so me receiving my doctorate man i got excited that day but leading up to it i wasn't excited uh even after it's hard for me to just say dr robson different things because humanitarian that's who i am man i was just born to do it and god does have allowed like you always say the favor uh, for them to reach out to me internationally man and put me in the doctorate program they reached out to me and and it was just, you know, and no you know what I'm saying? they you know what I'm saying? They just followed my journey over the years, man. And it just, it just been a blessing, man. Just so what blessing. high
0: school did you attend?
2: Oh, I'm sorry, man. I went to Ralph Bunch Middle School because my mother wanted, like I say, education. They sent me from Bankhead to Camelton Road, the Bunch for education. And then they was like, you can come back with your friends and go to D. Frederick Douglass in Atlanta, where we call it Doug 225 Hightower, you know what I'm
0: saying? <laughs> And then what college did you attend?
2: Um, I went to Morgan State University, man. I went to Morgan State University in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, I studied on um, political science and pre-law. Um, instead of going to law school, man, I became a sports agent. A good friend of mine, Jamal Lewis, who also went to Frederick Douglass and attended the University of Tennessee, got drafted by the Baltimore Ravens. Since I was already an undergrad, he didn't have a friend up there. Um, he asked me to come live with him my junior year. And I got so enamored by the sports agent and the numbers and the money and the life that man, I, I forgot about law school. I put it in the rear and just I went head um, straight in the sports agent world, man. And not knowing that law was my passion. And um, went I went on to become a sports agent after I graduated and um, that ended and that's how I got into politics. And that's how I met you guys when I, that was my um, first debate, my first event. 2009 is when i oh my, so when I, you met us that was your first one hey man that was my first introduction wow that was my first introduction when i met you guys and and we've been in touch for all these years man and it's been a blessing to even watch you and your wife because y'all display what unity and teamwork is so like i always tell you i admire it man because out here as a single man i know how hard it is to find that what y'all have and and you know, you know what I'm saying? Despite, you know what I'm saying? Whatever trials and tribulation, y'all still together in 2023. So I love the unity and the teamwork because marriage is a business, is love, is all of that. It's the teamwork. And I think we miss steps in our on culture when we um dating and we fail to form the teamwork and the unity when we meet um, the opposite sex, man, you know? And, so I just love to see that with you guys. I love, I love, love, man. I don't play with it. I respect it. And when I see it, man, I love it, man. I respect it and just love it,
0: man. Thank you. you. Yeah, thank you, thank you. The uh, one, I, I, I want to say this here, and I want you know the people who's watching and who will be watching to understand when I say that the one is a, a man that has the heart for the people. He has that. I've seen him. I've watched him. And me and Sheila, we were very peculiar of, of who we would want to interview and bring on our platform. And when I see the one fighting for the undeserved uh, people in our community, particularly my mind's bring me back to when uh, I think the city of Atlanta had some money that the federal government gave for to help the homeless people. And for whatever reason, they didn't use the money and so the city of Atlanta had to send the money back to the government and it wasn't too many people having a voice to try to reverse that money to come back to the city of Atlanta so that it can address the homeless issue that we see in our community. Atlanta has one of the most turbulent homeless issues that I've seen around the nation and we have too many people in too many powerful positions not to address that because mm-hmm. now uh, I see the homeless people around downtown under the bridges, highways. Uh, those are dangerous places for people to live because at any particular moment, one of those cars can just get off track and derail off the highway and injured. But it just, it just sad that we see that in our community when Atlanta has so much money, Atlanta has so much opportunities. Yes, there's our systems in place to prevent people from excelling, but with all the money that's coming to Atlanta and people moving all over the country to Atlanta, we just have too much uh, resources to see the homeless issue that we have. And when I saw you on TV campaigning and fighting, but this is nothing new for you. And I even had that conversation with you maybe about, I think about four or five months, I called you, I say, bruh, this is your calling, bruh, because you have that gift of gab and you call and you anointed and you passionate to be able to speak to these people. And bro, you from the hood, bruh. You Grady, baby, Charlotte. Like you from the, hey, you from Doug, the West Side, all that other type of stuff. So people know you in the community and they know what you stand for, man. So man, I just wanna say thank you so much, bruh, for just sticking to your calling And not only sticking to it but just embracing it a lot of times people are intimidated by their calling but you man you have man you have what it takes to be one of the leaders that we will talk about long after you're gone because of your commitment to the community bro. so man real talk square business and that is no cappuccino i want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart he's
1: using cappuccino now yeah 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 yeah
0: i'm switching it up i'm switching gears but man people need to know bro that you are a civil rights icon bro in my humble opinion bro because every generation has their group of people who they can relate to and so uh god bless his soul congressman john lewis he didn't went home uh vivian he didn't went home uh it's it's a lot of great icons that you had an opportunity to talk with and meet and now i believe that they instill those qualities and that vision from the past so that you can carry on the marathon for real
2: i'm gonna tell you this man i pre i appreciate that brother um serious i do appreciate that man but i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna tell you what the difference is now man and i'm gonna tell you why i'm not gonna say it's not harder it's more stressful because back when martin luther was coming up malcolm Hiro uh, P. Newton, all those guys that um, um, that I look at, man, look forward to. Marcus Garvey, all those guys. Um, um, you mentioned C. T. Vivian, John Lewis, all the civil rights guys. They were fighting against the the white oppressors. They knew what they were going to get. They knew that if we went there, you know, what I'm saying they're going to uh, put water holes on us, or put the dogs on us. We could be killed, beaten bad, going to jail that took a lot of um, courage, man. And you knew what you were fighting against. And God bless people like the late Aretha Franklin or Harry Belafonte that were using their entertainment gifts and the money they received to bail all those people out, the Black Panther, the civil rights guys. You Know what I'm saying? Those people were performing and bailing these people out. Uh, But I'm gonna tell you what the difference is um, today, bro. And the reason why, I thank God so much because it's a different stress. It's a different strain. And, and to me, it's a harder fight today only because we fighting against black folks to do right by black folks, bro. I ain't hold even, hold people up, man. not how hard that is. Listen, bro, you fighting against in a city where we didn't have a black mayor and majority black city council, black police chief, black fire chief, black, everything. We are fighting homelessness, jobs, and everything against black folks who from Atlanta. I don't think people be knowing how hard that is, man. And the reason why I say it's hard, because even though God is my foundation, y'all, I still believe in the Malcolm X philosophy. I believe in the Godfather philosophy. Like sometimes you got to cut the head uh, off that deer and sit in the bed and let them folk know you mean business. I, I'm just saying, I'm, I ain't all the way there yet. Sometimes you feeling like you got to show these fools. And that's the hard part is that you know that the God within you, that the vengeance is here. You ain't gonna get nowhere by trying to shake somebody up and make them do right. So they're sitting down there speaking and gathering the people, man. How long have we been doing that, man? Too he long, has, bro. It has yielded some positive results, and it do. But, bro, when I go to bed at night, and when I see these people around the city that are in charge, and I yeah. see, them, and I see them up there making the wrong votes against the people and doing this and the third, hey, bro, that take a lot of stress. Knowing that I can make a phone call, you know, what I'm saying to do X, Y, Z, but to not make that phone call and to continue to get up and fight the right way. And to be professional and respectful towards people that are showing the the people in the streets who mean nothing so much disrespect. They disrespecting the city, the culture, everything. And these are are black folks, man. Like that's hard, man. That's hard, man, for me to stay in good character and not be the fool and go left, man. That's hard. And I'm fighting against these folks every day for our people, man. Uncle Tom, bro. That's a hard fight, bro. I ain't gonna tell you no lie. I and because I don't have that um, better half that you have, man, I come home and talk to God so much and cry tears at home. That's why my home is my sanctuary because I come home and I have to cry to get it out. You know, I have to cry and get it out and the next day I'll be refilled and ready to go. But I have to come home, man, and really cry. That's why you see me a lot of times, I come home and cook. I come home, I sit down, man, I listen to my music. And that's how I, you know what I'm, saying? You know what I'm saying I listen to my music, man. I cook a lot, man. I sit here and eat and I just cry, man, because it's like, man, God, why, Like I understand that I'm chuffed. Like you say, I embrace it now. I know I can't beat Jonah. I can't run. Can't you got too many whales out here to swallow me up with I can't run. So I embrace it even though I be like, man, like why you got me caring so much and fighting against my brothers and sisters who don't care about our people that's hard bro hey bro that's hard bro but it goes back to god says i ain't saying he's doing this but when he told moses i'm going to harden pharaoh Mm -hmm. hard he's not going to let the people go so when you read that and understand god's word Mm -hmm. you can't get mad at pharaoh god said i'm gonna harden his heart ain't gonna let him go so so the issue is always with god that's why god say a reason with me let's talk about it you know what I'm saying like I do what I want to do my thoughts and my ways are his oh, so whatever he's that. doing mm-hmm. hey we can't we can't mm-hmm. um question it God is God he do what he do but I still be like God man how we got these young people like we got Andre uh, he's two years older than I am born and raised in Atlanta West Side, call your Heights. went to Benjamin E Mays and we got to fight and argue with a black mayor who from here who young to help our black women and our black men and our black teens, whoo! Man, do y'all understand how mad I really be, man? But I have to get up there and smile and keep it respectful and keep it you know, keep it in proper context with him. Cause me, me being combative with him and calling him out, I just turned 46, I know that ain't gonna help. So I have to sit there and keep talking to him, and be like, hey, bro, hey, man, we gotta do something. Like every time there's a killing and I either know the mother know the father the uncle somebody I'd be like hey mayor hey man what we gonna do hey man let's let's try this like we can't keep going this direction we gotta try this this ain't gonna hurt you but let's try this like you know so it just be so hard man to it just be hard bro I'm not tell you a lot bro it's hard bro and I be so ungrateful because it's so hard I'm even more grateful that God chose me to do it so I'm just expressing my frustration with y'all Nah, man, I'm so bro. i'm grateful that god chose me to do it because it's such a hard battle and for you to choose me for this hard ass battle, hey man i'm just your humble servant like i say man i play whatever tune he tell me to play i play it i don't say to too i still come back to him later like hey god that was a hard note you had me to play it, man you know i can't sing you had me up there singing this high tune but i'm gonna do it man but i'll be like god man why man like man it's it's a hard fight y'all it's a hard fight no but but let
1: me let me say one thing now i get what you're saying about having to fight with those that are in a position right that look like us that look like us at the same time the people in the community really need to be doing something too because check this out in certain communities people say the black people will say, oh, we don't have jobs. We don't have this. Okay. Well, there are some jobs that come there, but look how you treat that job, that, that, that place of employment, either you're breaking in or you're consistently stealing. And then you have people now, especially after the COVID, they apply for the job. They don't want to work. They're half doing it or they call off and they're not being responsible and that's what they signed up for that's the application they filled out that's the interview that they went through okay another thing all right so people in the community can talk about this and talk about that fight each other i get it sell drugs and just be so disrespectful to each other and be watching these shows which is just crazy they choose to be followers they don't want to be leaders it's almost like the people in, the, the black people in the community they don't want any better they can't they can't even keep their community clean like i've seen it like they will there'll be a garbage can i'm not saying that other ethnics don't do it but because we're around our people more I see certain things it's like they don't want to change they don't want to be held accountable because who would put a Do you think let's be real do you think that someone would put a 500 fortune company? Like off of wesley chapel drive or in certain places downtown. No because they're going to destroy it So so we need to start taking accountability and changing but for somewhat odd reason I don't know they just they won't
0: yeah can can I pick it back yeah, up there ahead. so here's the other thing that I see that as a race in the community that we have and that is like she was talking about keeping the community clean I don't understand how people be driving down the street the one and then they just throw trash out the window right and then you expect people, like she said, to come into the community and put their investment because most of the time when people come into a community and they build a business, they borrow that money from a bank. So there is an obligation and responsibility to repay that loan. So then people will always do what's in the best interest of the bottom line. The bottom line is, am I going to get an ROI, return on investment? Mm-hmm. The other thing is that our community is so focused on, uh, how can I say it?
1: They're focused on materialistic yeah, things, yeah. being a bad B, yeah. or I'm sexy this. All oh, this. It always takes so much work just to be a bad B and sexy. Well, take some of that hard work into your family, into your kids, into yourself. You know what? These black women, and, and I'm venting too. Check this out.
0: She vented too. So I'm check just... this
1: out. Our black women, we, we are lost. Okay? Let me tell you. I'm, let me give you an example of how lost we are. I do watch clips and I don't watch the show, but I watch the clips. It's called The Baddies or Baddies West Coast, right? So these females are coming into a reality show being getting pimped by black women that are on the panel who they are going to pick and choose who's actually going to be on the show. They will have them fighting, cursing, had them doing push-ups and sit-ups just to be on the show. Black women can be very selfish. It's all about me. If you don't have a car, if you don't have a money, if you don't have a place to stay, if you don't have a 401k or insurance, I can't get with you because it's a total waste of time. But yet you don't have anything. You don't even, you have absolutely nothing. And the way that the black women think and how disrespectful we are towards ourselves with each other and then the men We don't even uplift each other because we're always trying to compete with somebody. We don't lift up the black man because of the generation that started all the way with slavery. Black women don't wanna change. It's all about them. And then they're raising their children, check this out. They're raising their little girls to be just like them. Raising hoes and prostitutes, let's just keep it real. Because I'm not going to sleep with you unless you give me some money. And then you got these kids on the social media dancing to these grown songs. Shake it. I'm throwing money. We in the club. Ride that pole. She does it like this. And this is how I'm going to do it because I can take all this. No, you can't. Take reading a book. Take getting into God's word. We, in the Black community, we always want to say something, well, uh, the religion and God and these people, and they were slave uh, owners and all that. We all know about that, but it's like the the Black community doesn't even say anything about God. Nobody wants to do the right thing. Everybody just wants to do the wrong thing because doing wrong is easier.
0: You get more likes. We need, to shape, we
1: need to shape up and I can't even imagine the the what's on your shoulders because you're having to deal with the people in the community that you're trying to help and then you're trying to talk with the people that are actually in power that's black but they're selling out because the Straight only Uncle best Tom. interest Straight the, the only best interest that they have is for themselves and their family so the community they needs forgot. to start getting together and stop voting for these people and start doing research on these doggone people because you can take it behind to the club you can take your behind to go sleep with somebody you can take your time to be on the social media and do things that's not even going to do anything for you your family or generations that's going to come after us because some of us are being bad examples to this generation and the other generation none of these women nobody of these so many black people don't want to stand up for what is right we just want to sit back and just get money we don't want to get off of these assistance because it's too easy for me i just want to sit back and get paid and get lazy i don't want to teach my kids anything they don't need to have an education i don't need to have an education so don't sit here and tell me and complain that you don't have this and you don't have that when you don't want to do anything about about the problem or even correct the problem because you're too busy doing bs stuff and i don't want to hear it anymore y'all women so nasty y'all got some very nasty attitudes and i had to work on myself so don't I, and i'm coming to you all like this because i don't have to put a cap on it y'all don't put a cap on when y'all be disrespecting somebody and disrespecting the elders i ain't putting a cap on nothing
2: Miss Stafford you hit the nail on the coffin. It is a two-way street and it is and it's just as stressful I'm um, dealing with our community because I I have to tell them the same thing Man, We want them to do this now. Y'all gotta clean up and do xyz now You gotta you know what I'm saying be responsible for your kids if I'm down here fighting You know what I'm saying about this and y'all just letting your son do whatever they want to do the moment He bring that gun home and you know he doing something at the moment you done sign his life away or his freedom away because only two things gonna happen we heard him when we was kid and that's to show enough truth so it is man fighting our community and fighting downtown man it's a lot man it's a lot and that's why i say these times are such harder times because back then the black panther didn't have to fight the community as a whole because they was pretty much squared away Everybody pretty much on the same page. Most kingdom have to fight the community on certain things because everybody pretty much on the same page, man. Man, we so divided. With hey, man, it's it, man. It's, and,
0: and you know what? And you know what, man. So we were talking about the hardener of Pharaoh's heart. So now the the Supreme Court then demolished the affirmative action things for, for those trying to get into these prestigious colleges. And so I look at you who went to an HBCU and now that it's been so many African-American to get through that affirmative action loop within the system to get that premium ivory league education, it's over with now. So now it's an opportunity for the HBCUs to kind of, you know, build up its momentum. And we're looking at a byproduct. You, Dr. DeWan Robinson of HBCU. Now, let me be clear. I love Georgia State, man. You already know, bruh. I mean, I, I, I'm sorry, man. I mean, I went to TSU for a little bit, Texas University, but I love Georgia State, man. And Georgia State has become predominantly African American. And, you know, even though it still uh, have the overseer of the Board of Regents, for the University Georgia system, I I get that. We have a black president, and so that's a start. However, I think that with the affirmative action coming into play, brother, it'll be a lot of change, a lot of people who were able to get through that that loophole, that timing up. So we're going to have to really come together as a community because things are definitely changing. And so it could be a blessing in, in disguise because I believe like, with so much uh division this will cause us to kind of come back and address the issue like you alluded to
2: it always a blessing in disguise man because like you say Georgia State I love Georgia State I love how they done put the money in the community and they done upgraded Georgia State like none other yeah and <laughs> charging way less than Morehouse and Spelman that are um, voted like the top two HBCUs are every year. They sit like right in the top five. Mm-hmm. But, man, most black universities like Morehouse and Spelman ain't nothing but pimps, man. Ain't nothing but pimps, man. They haven't upgraded that college and them dorms. Mm-hmm. All of the king was there. It's and terrible, man. $50,000 a year, and you ain't getting the kids nothing except for if you're in Atlanta and probably some other black cities, if they see Morehouse and Spelman application, you're going to get a job but it should be more than that man like like they ain't nothing but pimps morehouse and spelman should have owned all of atlanta by now they ain't bought up nothing georgia state came in bought up everything downtown and around they they spared no expense whatever it is hey man we're gonna buy morehouse and spelman ain't bought nothing all that land around the let everybody else buy it up they should have been buying that land uh having student housing are having the programs everything that you need in atlanta morehouse and Spelman should have owned it georgia state should have been buying land from morehouse and Spelman because they had too big of a head start you had a way bigger head start they've been charging people way more and now uh, georgia state have become the university in atlanta
0: straight up (laughs) but
2: hbcus all over the world man let me tell you something man they are pimps Look how they did Deion Sanders at Jackson State.
0: Real. And I'm gonna say this,
2: uh, Jackson State brought in, and this is what they reported. This ain't what Prime said, this is what they reported. He didn't wanna say it because he didn't wanna blast black university. Man, they brought in $180 million in three years of everything they were doing. We talking about hotel, flights, every game was sold out. Y'all couldn't get this man, the money he was asking to stay but y'all made hundred and eighty million in three years, but you couldn't get a man the money that he wanted. That's the plight of black college man. They just like most black preachers, man, pimps, man, pimp the culture. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying that's what they do to our culture, man.
0: Hey, they man. Like
2: hey. hey. man. Look. Oh, I agree with you on that one. Hey,
0: man. Look, bro. Real talk. And that just square business, Sound man. interest. Uh, it's always an issue that I see with the hbcus with the black leaderships that's controlling the money you see on TV that the kids having problems getting a refund checks uh the houses is is barbaric it's nowhere in the world that these hbcus should be living that way you see what I'm saying and you right bro morehouse man that college is trash and when I mean trash I'm talking about the cosmetic, all that money that it came through that university, but the leadership, everything rests lies on leadership. The leadership has taken advantage of the of, of the people that entrusted them with that money every time, just like uh, uh, Morris Brown lost his accreditation because the black leadership, the money. Uh, Clark Atlanta, same oh, yeah. thing. They
1: had them sleeping uh, out- at the sleeping saying? outside in Clark University. Sleeping outside, bro. And it was like they were just twiddling their fingers. It was like they wasn't even trying it to was, hurry it up was and get embarrassed,
0: them in bro. It's it's embarrassed. And then you you got Spellman. You know, Spellman actually is yeah. named after Rockefeller's yeah. wife. You see what well, I'm saying? Most of these HBCUs here. are yeah. names are behind white people bruh and, and we call them hbcus because back in the day black folks didn't have the money to start no college it was the white folks that started these colleges bro and that's just real talk but a lot of people don't want to talk about that so when you walking around and say well uh i'm a product of morehouse do your research on morehouse when you say you're a product of spelman do your research on 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 spelman now i will admit that the women that come out of Spelman, they are very business-minded. They about their business, etc. But I'm with you about economic empowerment, bro. All that money didn't come through Spelman. All that money didn't come through uh Morehouse. Now Morehouse School of Medicine, they doing some renovation down there. You know, they upgrade. They you know medical facility to compete with some of the big houses. And Morehouse School of Medicine is a great medical school. But I'm with you, bro. It's no way in the world that Morehouse. Should not have brought up all that property over there, Spellman. More, I, I mean, just everyone, Brett. And when you go on the campus of Morehouse, Brett, it is, it is, it is, man. I'm trying to come up with a word. Uh,
2: it's insane. You, <laughs> you said it's trash. Let me tell you something, man Morehouse and Spellman should have got together and bought the West End Mall. It shouldn't have been, um, this dilapidated and trash all these years man you know what i'm saying majority of y'all students walk up there and that's the only quality of life they got in this area man and y'all did not come together and buy the west end mall do you know how much governmental assistance they would have got all the alumni would have supported like you got so many people that would have supported that um that um effort and then you could have gave more jobs to your college students um uh, had you put the money in the community and upgraded things, man, but they, that's, and that's a, um, that's a subject that, um most people from Morehouse and Spelman will have one-on-one, but in on a public platform, they will not call their school out. Um, they will not, um, dare them to be better, man. And, and it's, and it, that's the reality when it come to our people, man. And that's why I say, man, the fight does be so,
0: Man, you ain't got to tell us, man. I mean, because, bro, we dealing with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, we trying to do something for the kids, but yet we dealing with folks who feel like they entitled. Oh, I'm in this position, and I have this type of power over you. But, bro, it was a sacrifice, bro. It it, it reminds me of the book that uh, you told me to read. I read it three times. Uh, The Miseducation of a Negro by, by Carter G. Woodson. The same thing that this man wrote. In the book, like almost a hundred years ago, it's 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 a reality today. It's on autopilot. You see what I'm saying? You don't even have to tell nobody. Hey, man, um, you need to do this, or you need to do that. You don't. They already just lined up. Just go sit at the back of the door, hey What you doing? What you doing? What's going on? Nothing. So, so anyway, man. Like I'm totally in compliance with what you saying, man. And I also would like to just piggyback on some too. how these black ministers and preachers have violated our community. They have raped the pockets of the black people, bro. All the hundreds of millions of dollars that have come through the black churches and you still don't own none. You still paying a mortgage note on the property and the uh, building that you own. And you talking about let's do fish fry and all this. And the only thing you can do is do a food drive, bro you you should be ashamed of yourself bro you feel what i'm saying and that boy over there talking about taking the lord's property and growing grass you can't be in your word talking like that bro that's foolish talk and we are some of the most vulnerable people in the community of black folks bro we won't read we won't study but we always Following these charismatic leaders who talk good and and look good and all that other type stuff, man. Just straight cap, bruh. And I'm tired of seeing it, bruh. And I'm tired of you black folks thinking that it was your degree that got you in this position. No, it wasn't. It was the people that came behind us who got bit up by dogs. Holes down by water, hanging from trees, and it wasn't too long ago. It ain't even been over 100 years yet. It been, it ain't even been 100 years, man. And man, you black men in the community, y'all don't have no backbone. You got a gristle. And I said, I said again, you ain't got a backbone. You got a gristle, bro. You feel what I'm saying? Our women going crazy. No one want to step up because they scared to say something because they think they're gonna lose it. Man, you don't own nothing anyway, bro. Because when you die, they gonna take away either that or your family gonna got dog on me fight over it. You feel what I'm saying? And the little job that you think you holding to, that is not job security, bruh. It's not. You gotta be willing to take a stand, bruh, stand up for something. But it's an old saying that I was reading in the scripture that said, hey man, if you fall for anything, you'll lose everything. But if you stand
2: up for something, bruh, you'll be attacked by your own kind. That's it, hey man. That's the straight up truth, man. It's like when our brother um, Christ roamed the earth; uh, he had to fight against the old preachers, man. He wasn't doing that, but fighting against, this, know what I'm saying, the same folk we fighting against, man. The Pharisees and the Sadducees wanted to, know what I'm saying, wanted to control the people and wanted to wanted to charge the people for the Sabbath and wanted to do all this type of stuff. Same fight, man. You know what I'm saying we just fighting the same fight of the old man, and it's just you know I. I count it all joy, brother and sister. That's why I take me vacation. I get gone five, seven days to recharge up. Cause I ask God, if you want me out here fighting this fight, man, and dealing with all this, then you got to give me some balance in life. Cause I am not trying to be stressed and dying. I got to get, mas- I have to get massages y'all on um, um, once a week. I have to get a massage once a week because i be so tense and so tight, man. Cause my body, uh, it carries the stress and the tension um internally so man i have to have like he have to bless me to make money a certain way because i have to get massages you know what i'm saying i have to go on vacation to get away and just get peace because it's a lot man i'm fighting the city the county, the school board the community trying to get they man it'd be a lot man like i come home sometimes i just be like man like you know it it'd be a lot man um so i do to be honest with you bro when I be hearing from you what well, this be a text your energy been the same since 2009 <laughs> it's always uplifting and positive but to be honest with you bro, little do you know man people be needing it man when you out here in the world and you fight man you got to have somebody that can recharge you outside of God you know what I'm saying you got to have somebody in the flesh that can speak to you I could send you a text and Read you and be like okay i'm not i'm not out here alone like you know what i'm saying like he he or whatever he all right god you got him send me message to recharge me hey bro you just never know how much that be needed like like this for real like you say no cappuccino and no captain crunch both of them like man that be needed so much because i be at home sometime man this be this be down in my spirit and sometime man that'll joke. i can see something on instagram i got another friend he'll send me stuff and i'll go on youtube and watch it man and then to joke, and i'll be like right, man you know but man i'll be needing that because majority of my friend not spiritual and they ain't and they can't pour nothing into me except for the worldly stuff i don't be needing that i'll be needing something else to pour into me so your Texas always be right on time he'd be uplifting, and then like saying? You know, for whatever reason God be having you send them voice them voice message them voice messages be I'd be like okay okay I'd be needing that for real though man because hey bro it it can be a lonely fight sometime out here man it can be a lonely fight for real on front line, out here in the city fighting against our mirrors and city councilmen and police it can it it can be a lonely fight bro
0: Well, man, you know, we. my wife has been correcting me when I say fillers. So she'll touch me, she'll do something to correct that. So I'm trying to talk without saying fillers. But what I would like to say is that we are very honored to have you on the show to talk about those issues that are playing our community. And the top issue that I see is Black folks fighting against Black folks over resources that they really don't own you're supposed to be a good steward over those resources and uplift the community and i just think that oftentimes when black people get into power positions and have access to millions and millions of dollars they change they change because they never had that they they change because they don't want to see someone else get to their position so they guard it tightly and then they become a very, uh, I would say, a bad front gatekeeper. I, I, I was gonna say slave master, but that's, but that's it, but that's incorrect. I would say a gatekeeper to the the resources that can bless those in the community, man. And so, but I also want to say this: the you are an amazing father, man. Your son, he is, man. Please continue to protect him. Uh, he has a godly spirit. He's respectable. You can see pureness in him, bro. And I just love the way that you raising your son, bro. You're an amazing father. Oftentimes, like my wife said, we do not uplift the black man for being good fathers. We always uh, beat him down for not being a good man or not being a good father. So you know, they
1: could be a good man, and they can. They're doing the best that they can or they're doing something, but the, the, the mother always has something negative to say because for her, that's not up to her standards. That's not what she would do. That's not what she wanted him to do. Hmm. Let him do what he needs to do and just say, thank you. I appreciate it. Because it's like these women just think a man is just automatically supposed to have it. You knew who he was before you even got into the relationship. So put that responsibility on you. And it's like two women, like we talked about women, black women don't want to build with a black man oh, that's good. because they have to that's already good. have it that's and good. see, they're really, they're really cutting themselves off short because with building with, with your, your husband and building something with your wife, you're going to be going on a journey and it's going to be a good learning journey because you're going to find out things about yourself you're going to find new things and then vice versa with both of them and learning how to work together learning how to communicate more whether it's business or personal we don't black people really don't know how to communicate we just want to have a, a disgusting attitude And then like us women, like I used to be like this. I just have an attitude with Stafford because I'll think something negative, right? And he ain't even do nothing. He ain't do anything, but my way of thinking was off. So he'll be like, what's wrong? Nothing. What? Nothing. And then he'll say, okay, later on, you're going to end up telling me. And then I'll end up telling him like, we hold on to something that you all might've did 10 years ago. I mean, I'm just being real so I'm not going to tell the book that I'm reading but I do read my word and I'm reading some other books and there's this book that I'm reading now and I believe in this season of my time it's really helping my thinking become even stronger because I was telling my husband we go to the gym and we work out the different parts of our body so now just how I work out in the gym, I have to work more so with my mind and start training my mind and my thought process because what I think is what I'm gonna be, what I think is what's gonna come, become. And I just think if women just, just take the time and do a self evaluation of themselves and stop always worrying about how big my butt is. And, and as, as I said, and showing my camel toe and acting just
0: not the camera just
1: disrespectful in front of everybody like at the BET awards i don't remember the man's name i don't but it's this girl named sexy red and krishan rock was dancing in front of him disgustingly they didn't even have any type of mannerism towards themselves or anybody, they just do the BET Awards was a mess to me. I There's no that. class BET. I didn't watch it. I saw clips. BET Awards had no class. It was ratchet. It was disgusting. And then it who, was embarrassing. Let me tell you something. And who they, who they, who they were trying to honor okay i'm not even gonna say any names who they were trying to honor at the bet awards and what he has done to these to, to the to these young kids even though the parents and the guardian needs to take responsibility how can you honor a man that has been disrespectful to these young girls you to my heart kevin well, i wasn't gonna say his name i say a name R. okay Kelly. how can you honor a man like that now look i get it sometimes men do get set up i get it i do i get it but in my opinion i don't believe that this thing is a setup because it's just too much that was already out there in social media land of what he was doing like with the videos and then who he married like how, how can you honor this man? You don't honor a man like that. That's my opinion.
2: Um, uh, He's one of my favorite artists. Um, I don't know him as a man, um, but I agree because it's too controversial. Whether he did it or not, he shouldn't even be in that space for that to be brought up on. And you don't honor him for the world. You know what I'm saying? Because it's too much out there. You've been arrested. It's too much out there. You know what I'm saying? To be uh, honoring him. Like, you know what I'm saying you do that years from now like it's too it's too soon I mean too first like you said whether the little girls um parents set them up or whatever it's still too much to be honoring it's too much to be honored um so I agree with that um I do think that um the brother um needs some help because psychologically if your sister kept you in the house uh, as an eight or nine year old boy and was making you perform or sex on her and was make you having sex with her this your sister and then by the time you reach stardom um, as an artist you're you've been trapped so long by her your mind is still at a teenager state because you never progressed in life because you were hurt and traumatized as a young man so he only can talk to young girls psychologically. Like his mind don't go to adults. Like he make adult music, but he can't have real conversation with adult um, women because he's still trapped as that shy little boy that his sister was doing that to. And that's why the brother needs some help because locking him up without getting him help, not, um, not happening. Like he's damaged to the point. It's like when they say, hurt people, hurt people so when he go in and mess with young girls that's who he identify with um, mentally as a grown man age difference so in his mind he probably thinking that i'm not much older than her i can relate to her as opposed to a grown woman his age he can't relate to a grown woman he relating to these teenagers and that's why i think the brother need help man and he need help um, real bad and the music industry just um accepted it for years because of his talent all the money he was bringing in and it wasn't until the brothers started trying to get his own masters and own everything that's when all this came about back again because they've been trying it for years they protected him for years and now that the brother want his own masters you know what i'm saying they come out all his secrets come out but the brother need help man um they shouldn't have awarded him um I didn't watch it so I don't know if they gave him the award but um I don't agree with it even though he my favorite artist, not human beings I don't know the man Robert Kelly but I still agree with what you said uh, even him being one of my favorite artists that he shouldn't have been awarded um no type of award like that he shouldn't have been awarded that at all because um, I sent the um, wrong
0: message
1: Yeah, I don't know if he was awarded. I just think it was like they just honored him. They had this big old thing. Like I said, I did not watch the BT Awards. I just saw the clip. And then they had somebody, they had like some people coming down singing his songs like guys, the women and then the man, yeah, the women and the men. And then after they did some of his songs, they had somebody standing up on stage, but they didn't show the person's face. So people were actually thinking that was R. Kelly because he did kind of sound like R Kelly a little bit but of course it wasn't R Kelly and then he's the man that was up there just started singing some of his songs but they made it such like this big spectacular thing like he was just the best and then I was like miss me with that but you got
2: to think about but you got to think about the new owner of BET he has no morals and values true another rich wealthy black man but he has no morals and values. Tyler Perry is not a man that people should be looking up to from a moral standpoint. He might got a bankroll, but this man, are uh, he pimping out black actors and actresses and not paying them what they worth? You know what I'm saying? There's putting out poor quality um, films and TV shows. There's not a true representation of black folks. Like he don't care about the black culture as a whole. He's doing it for the laughs and the money. I mean, he done built this bankroll up for the laughs and the money. He don't care about real true content putting true messages um in his movies and the people that want to be in his film but well, he don't pay people right man and don't treat people right
0: you know what the one I want to say bro. we appreciate you coming on the Stafford show and speaking truth now some people it may be uncomfortable they may have a lot of things to say but it is what it is you know and i rather for someone to come on here and stand on business and knowing you you're not gonna shy away from what you said you're gonna stand on it and i appreciate you being transparent because that's the only way that i see how as a community we can change is by being trans transparent and so man uh before we go i want to say i love the picture that we use for the introduction for you for the stafford show and that picture right there is very encouraging to me. And the fact that you holding a book in your hand means a lot. That's why I told you to send me that picture because part of being a member of the Stafford Boxing Club mentoring program, our kids must have a public library card because we definitely encourage the kids to read. So that picture that's on the screen is very important and
2: significant for people to look at, in my humble opinion. Hey, listen, also before we go, man, you should look at that book, man. Um, um, that's a good book for you and your wife. It's not that's a male book. It's called Um Step Out on Nothing. Um, it's about a guy, uh, he's from Baltimore. Um, it's about that everything that happened to him in his life, everybody who helped him didn't want nothing from him. You know what I'm saying? And so they just wanted him to pay it forward. And they just did it, you know what I'm saying, because the right thing to do. So that's why he titled the book step out on nothing because mm. everybody done something for him that was, that was i didn't want nothing back from him and another book man that i want you to read man is called why should white guys have all the fun by reginald francis lewis uh that was one of the book that i read uh, when i got in some um on uh, some trouble in baltimore uh, he was the first black billionaire it's called why should white guys have all the fun man book changed my life i'm talking about changed my entire life man and on uh, Kingdom Principles by Miles Monroe man that is a great book if y'all haven't read that Mr and Mrs Stafford that's a book for y'all together like it's biblically man but the wisdom in there aligned with the Bible verses one of the best books outside of the Bible that I've ever read by Miles Monroe called Kingdom Principles that thing there is the hey Amen don't worry yes. about it we get, yeah don't worry Will about Reed. it
0: see see see. one thing about us we are building a library so when we get our custom-made house we have a library built into in, into our home that's what we about our mindset like yeah we leave some some money behind but we're gonna leave a wealth of books that changed our life and had a significant impact in the way we do things and so um we greatly appreciate you Taking time out of your busy schedule and blessing, blessing us with your presence. Is there anything that you want to leave with the viewers, sir?
2: No, nah, man. I would just like to um, man, for us to get down one day, man, and break bread and have dinner. You know what I'm saying? Let's talk one day. But um, but the viewers, man, um to the women out here um that maybe listening, if you're a single mom, raising young men, uh, I would say um stay the course. Um discipline is good for kids um don't give up on him because for young men it takes us a little bit longer um if you if you're not a disciplinary parent but don't try to be a hundred percent friend like you can love your child uh, and discipline you just can't be a total friend without discipline because the world was spanking or her and just you know and I would just tell everybody man people say this man but in order to keep God first you got to understand his word can't just say it god is good all the time you can't just say that you got to know why he good and you got to know how good he is and how to keep him being good to you and that's man standing his word man and understanding god and that that's truly who i live by and the staffers live by and i'm sure y'all know them listen to them that's the way that we got to go man because that's the blueprint to the world is understanding god's word so I thank you guys, man, and I do look forward, man, to sit down with you guys. It's been since 2009. We have not broke bread and sat down, man. So y'all let me know we can sit down and break bread. And I honestly um, thank y'all for the bottom of my heart for considering me that because I know y'all are funny, peculiar people. Y'all don't fool with everybody. So I appreciate that, because <laughs> I know y'all don't fool with everybody. So I do appreciate that. I don't take that lightly for it, because that means a lot, because. You know what I'm saying? If you don't fool with everybody, that means you have respect for few. And those that you have respect for, you allow them in your world. So I respect that seriously.
0: Mm, I for, sure. That. for sure. For sure. Amen. Listen, uh, we had a different plan today, but we rolled with the Holy Spirit, and that's how we rolled. So we had our own plan, but our plan is not the plan of God nor the will of God. So it was your time to really take this uh show to another level man we appreciate the content we definitely believe that it's going to inspire some folks it's definitely going to shake up some things and that's what we want to do we want to shake up things so that can be a change in our community
2: absolutely thank you guys
1: all right everyone peace <laughs> My, my t-
0: baby hold up we still on oh we are yeah we're still on a little bit
1: oh well I don't think that what we're what we were going to talk about the last 30 minutes, we'll talk about that next week. And just a little preview. It's about the the team, the boxers team, the matchmaker and the corner man and just how important it is to have a good team on your team, people on your team, on your team. So we'll definitely talk about that next week.
0: Yeah, we definitely talk about more boxing events this past weekend. It was a lot going on in the boxing world. There was some great fights, uh, like Sheila talked about, the importance of the matchmaker. They play a major role in the sport of boxing. I want to give a shout-out to uh, Last Bell uh, Last Bell Boxing. Thank you for tuning in from the U.K. We greatly appreciate you guys. And uh, it, it, it was truly a blessing just to be able to, um, you know, share – uh, that moment with Dr. Dewan Robinson Sheila mm-hmm. uh like I said we've been knowing him since 2009 that was like 1 year after we got married and to see him elevate to this level is truly a blessing want to thank uh talking fight for presenting the Stafford show and we look forward to seeing you guys next next week until then Stafford Boxing
1: The Making of Champions <laughs>